Open your Bible this morning to the book of John, chapter 3. Father, we thank you for your word today, that your word is life-giving. Father, thank you for the privilege to feed on your word. And as we do, Lord, we open our eyes, our heart, and we ask you to speak to us, Lord. Open your word to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 3, a very familiar passage of Scripture, says this. In verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son in the world to condemn the world, but through, that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned or judged already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. Amen. I pray that every single person in here, that you want your deeds to be wrought in God, as he says here, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. And so notice, God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus to die for us. He gave his all for you and I. Can you say amen? amen? That we would accept him. That we would be born again. That we would live eternally with him forever. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so we must never forget there is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. And so, you know, lots of times people come to church and they just have the mistaken idea, I go to church, so I am a Christian. Are you, do you know Jesus? Are you born again? Yeah, I go to church. Like Jesse DePlantis always says, the devil goes to church. Amen. <laughs> like Brother Norville Hayes said, well, I love the Lord. He said, bluebirds love the Lord and rats go to church. Amen. Don't, don't think the devil doesn't go to church because he's there to cause strife. He's there to cause things to happen that's going to affect the service. Amen, but we don't yield to him. But, you know, a lot of people think because they go to church, because they say prayers that they're a Christian, because they're a good person. How many times have you ever talked to somebody and they say, well, yeah, I'm a good person. But none of those things can save you. And so one of the things we always remind ourselves is that even as a believer, every person one day is going to spend an eternity somewhere. Amen. We're not dead like a dog. You know, an animal, as much as you love them and you care for them, you know, they're not going to, I mean, maybe they have their own little doggy heaven, but you can say that for but, you know, dogs don't go to heaven. They're, they're not a spirit being. When they die, they die, right? But we who are spirit beings, 
The Bible says that every man is appointed unto him once to die, and after this, the judgment. A lot of times people misquote that. They say, well, it's like the Bible says, you know, there's a certain time to die. But no, only thing he said was there's an appointment set. And, you know, a lot of people cancel appointments, don't they, all the time. I mean, sometimes I have to cancel appointments I have, but there's one appointment you'll never cancel. So there's a time to die, and, you know, that time is not just a set time, you know, and when that time comes, you're, you're done for whether you want to or not. You know, the Bible talks about that wicked men will not live out, bloody and deceitful men will not live out half their days. So it's obvious from the Bible there are certain things that we can do to prolong our life. There are certain things that can cut our life short. Why? Because the Bible says in Psalm 91, with long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. Hallelujah. But we must remind ourselves that spirits never die and we're going to live eternally forever. And so I want to speak a message that I've really never preached on before. I've talked about certain things of this, of course, all through the years, but I've never preached a message entirely on this. And it's more of an evangelistic message. But as a believer, we need to know these things because it will help us to be the believer that we need to be. And it's this, the reality of heaven and hell. See how cold it felt when I said that? The reality of heaven and hell. There is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. Amen. People need to know this. You know, in the world that we live today, this is an offense to the world. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but it started many years ago. And there are certain countries you can't talk about certain things. And I'm not getting into all that today, but this is one of them. And people say that it's offensive to talk about it. What's more offensive is not to talk about it and people be in eternity lost forever. Amen. I, you know, I would rather, I'm just the type of person, I'd rather have my feathers ruffled a little bit. You know, if the cat, the first is, is you know, let the cat turn around. You know, don't just try to, to make the cat be the right one. Let the cat turn around. If, if the fur is going the wrong way, Amen. But I've always decided if I'm wrong, I want to know about it. Because it's, it's an atrocity to, to realize at the end of my life, you know, I was wrong. I was in the wrong. That's why I want the Lord's light to shine on me strong. Let, let the, the light from heaven just shine on my life and let it be, I don't care if it looks dirty, I don't care if it looks bad. Truth, Lord. You know, it's like the Syrophoenician woman. You know, basically called her a dog. You know what she said? Now, a lot of people said, preacher, who are you calling a dog? And, and she just said, truth, Lord. You know, but even the puppies they eat from the, he said, great is your faith. Amen. You know, you'll never receive from the Lord with a proud heart trying to defend yourself. Amen. You know, if I step on some toes today, just uh, say, ouch, and just the Lord will heal it up. Amen. <laughs> but, you know, we live even in the church where people and preachers don't even mention hell. You know, there's different cults and different um, universal, uh, universalists. You know, they don't believe in that. There's many other um, people that don't believe that there is a hell. 
you know, it's such a sad thing, but I know of a minister who had a tremendous ministry in the city of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, he had 9,000 members on it. And, you know, several thousand on a Sunday morning. And he got off, you know, this is nothing new. This has been around for a long time. But he got off talking about uh, basically once saved, always saved, things like that. Do you believe in once saved, always saved, if you stay in Christ? But anyway, he, he preached um, this one doctrine of inclusion. And there, there's a couple different names for it. But basically what it says is everyone's going to be saved. Do you know from the Bible, if you read the Bible, you can't believe that. Not everyone's going to be saved. Not everyone is right. You know, people die. I don't care if it's a rock singer or if it's who it is. It's, this person could have lived the most atrocious life. Rest in peace. Well, the Bible says there is no rest to the ungodly. And not everyone's going to heaven. That's why we preach. Because we want people to go to heaven. Because Jesus did pay the price. But don't, don't just assume, you know, that, yeah, everyone's going to be okay. Hallelujah, they can be. And that's why we're going to tell them about it. We're going to share the good news with every person we come across. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's even people that change their doctrine later in life because as they get towards the time they're going to die, they don't even know themselves where they're going to go. So these preachers change their doctrine. But we should be so thankful for the revelation of heaven, but also for the revelation of hell in the Bible. And so as you're sitting here today, you know, a lot of times people, I want you to just take the brakes off today because a lot of times people in the world, they think this is offensive. Well, you know, the Bible says that the, talks about the offense of the cross. It is an offense. It's actually called a stumbling block. Something that causes you to trip and fall. And you know, people, it's just like in the church, there's many things that are stumbling blocks. Speaking with tongues is an offense to some people. It's a stumbling block. They can't get past that to, to the, the, the fullness. It's not all about speaking in tongues, but that's, that's just the door to get into the supernatural. So all of those that don't know Jesus, they're not heaven bound. And so why do we share this with you? You might be saying, well, I'm already a believer. Well, good. This will give you such a revelation of, of eternity that you will share your faith, that you'll minister to um, the people around you on the job, that you'll know that they're going to be going to heaven as well. Can you say amen? Let me ask you this question. Are you glad someone told you the truth? I was glad that someone preached the gospel when I was lost. Thank you, Lord. But look over in Mark chapter 9. And as we go through some of this, you don't have to turn to every verse, but maybe if you want to notate the reference. Mark chapter 9 in verse 43. You know, there was pe people and preachers years ago you know, people kind of made a, I won't say a mockery of it, but they always talked about how they were just preached such, you know, fire and brimstone, hell, fire and brimstone. But, you know, a lot of people have gotten away from that 
and they go away on the other side of the ditch. Everything's okay. Everyone's all right. Everyone's going to heaven. You know, grace covers it all. But, you know, grace doesn't cover it all. You still have to receive. You know, let me just tell you, there's two things that grace will not do, and this is a whole other message. Grace cannot make you repent. You still have to repent, and grace cannot make you receive. People just think, they throw a blanket over it. Grace covers it all. Well, only if you believe, only if you receive, does it cover it all. Thank God I received it and I believed it and it covered it for me. Can you say amen? So Mark 9, I told you this is gonna be a little different today. Mark 9 and verse 43. He says, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. You know, have you ever seen where, you know, it's, it's amazing how the devil downplays everything, but in movies, what do you see? You got these two tough guys. One dies, and what's he saying on the way out? See you in hell. You know, hell is not a party. You know, where you, you, you know, we're going to play our favorite music and, and, and drink and, and do this and that. But hell's not a party. It's actually a place of loneliness. And the, the thing is, is you don't know who else is there. But the Bible says in Mark 9, verse 43, it's a place of unquenchable fire. But notice he says that if your right hand offends you, cut it off. Now, that doesn't mean you know, take, take an ax and go literally chop it off. But there's things in life that as a believer, sometimes you just have to cut it off in your life, don't you? Maybe in and of itself is not even a sin, but it's, it's something that weighs you down. So what he says is cut it off. There's been things in my life as a believer, I had to cut it off. But, but then let God heal it up. You know, it, it would hurt if you took an axe and, or a little hatchet and cut your hand off. I mean, that would hurt if you plucked out your eye. But as you do that, if you, if you cut it off, he said, it's better to, to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. So what's he saying? It's better to cut things off. It's better to accept Jesus and give up a life of sin to, than to reject Jesus and hold on to sin and go to hell, where the Bible says the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. The Bible tells us in Matthew 25, verse 46, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, talking about the unrighteous, but the righteous to life eternal. So, so number two, what is hell? It's a place of everlasting punishment. Now, we preach the gospel. We don't, you know, we don't tell people, you're going to hell. I mean, there's no good news in that. Most people know they are. You know, it's like someone was talking about going to New York and, you know, this, this one preacher's over there and saying, you're going to hell. And he said, you go to hell too, you know. And, you know, that's just for New Yorkers, you know. But that's not good news. The good news is you don't have to. Amen. Amen. There's no good news, you know, hey, you're a filthy, rotten you know, scoundrel, you know. 
Well, they, they probably already know that. They need to know, hey, you don't have to. You can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, be born again and washed and cleansed, and you can walk as though you never, ever sinned. Amen. You know, someone was asking a minister one time. He was sitting in the um, service, and um, he just felt so bad because he was all his past life. And anyway... There was a um, little girl in the front row, and, and uh, he said, oh, if I could just be as clean and as pure as she is. He says, if you're born again, then you're cleaner than she is. But see, that's not a revelation to us, is it? Because we see things after the natural. We see the things we've done. But when the blood is applied to your life, when Jesus washes you from all your sins, you stand up. The Bible doesn't call you anything but a saint now. The Bible says you're washed, your, your, your garments are clean. Hallelujah. I mean, your name is, is written in the, in the Lamb's book of life. You, you're, you're going to be with Jesus when you die. And then you want to take as many people with you. So, you know, that's why I say if, if people found out, you know, Pastor, you found out you did this, this, and this. You can't make me feel bad about it because I know that I'm forgiven. You're either forgiven or you're not. You're either cleansed or you're not. The only person that remembers that is the devil. Now, see, he'll put that on a DVD and put it on a loop. Here's what you did. Remember this? And you say, no, that's not me anymore. I'm washed in the blood. I'm cleansed. I have a new DVD that's playing, a new song, a new name. Hallelujah. So many places in the Bible, we, we read what hell is like, but the Bible also shows us what kind of people go there. And as we said, it's not God's will that any person would die lost. Psalm 9, 17 says this, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. So, you know, most people would agree if you asked them on the street. Should there be a place that certain people go, you know, the certain kinds of people? And they say, oh, yeah. You know, they don't even know, go to church. They don't even know Jesus. But they say, yeah, that person should go to a bad place. And so, and of course there is. But the Bible tells us that hell itself was created for the devil and his angels. Why? Because they fell. Satan fell. He was called Lucifer. He was a who worshipped in the presence of God. Called him the anointed cherub. The Bible says that, that in him was these tabrets. The wind of God blew through him and he, you heard this sound. And he was the worship leader. <laughs> and so he took what God gave him and perverted it. Do you know that he never lost that anointing? He just perverted it and twisted it. That's why music today is so powerful because he knows he's the one that he didn't originate it because he's a created being, but he was the one that God had entrusted with that. So it's not God's will that any should perish. But notice, it's not just the wicked. It said also in the second part of this verse, it says all the nations that forget God. So you don't have to be wicked to miss heaven and go to hell. 
All you have to do is fail to accept Jesus Christ as Savior and forget Him. All you have to do is leave God out of your life. And that's where a lot of people fall. They're good people, but they just, they don't have time for God. They leave God out of their life. Even as a believer, a believer can get to the place where they just cool off. Just like it's cool in this room right now. Your heart can get like that. The Bible talks about it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. God is not angry, you know, like some people think. The way you look at some Christian's face, you would think that God's angry all the time. Amen. Just a long face, but God's not angry. This is the day of his mercy. But there is coming a time when he will be most severe. But thank God for you and I that have accepted him, we'll never know that. Right now, the gangplank is down. The ark is ready. And it's saying, come, come on in. Come and receive. Come and be in the kingdom of God. Come and eat. Come and dine. That's what we say here at the river. Come and eat. Come and dine. Amen. Everything's on the house. God, God is blessing, you know. And that's what we're going to do when we go to be with him. There's going to be seven years of a feast called the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. And you don't want to miss out. And so, but what happens is just leave him out of your life. And what will happen is people go to hell just as quickly as the most wicked person that there is. But on the other hand, the most vile person. You know, I remember seeing years ago, you know, you see people that have committed heinous crimes. And you see them talking and they say, they talk about Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And a lot of people, they will not accept that. They think there's no way they can do that. I know this one guy from, from the 70s. I remember seeing it years ago and he was talking and he was born again. But a lot of people won't accept that, will they? You have to pay for it. And of course, society will make them pay for their crimes. But Jesus took that. But the sad thing is when Jesus bore it all in people that don't know about it and don't receive it and reject it, then they'll have to pay for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But you know, I was thinking, you know, even on the earth, we have books, just like we have the Guinness Book of World Records. We have a who's who for people that have accomplished great things. Who's who, who's who in this, and, you know. <clears throat> well, the Bible tells us about the who's who in hell. Over in the book of Revelation, chapter 21. And I hope that even as a believer, this just stirs you that, that you are just filled with thanksgiving to God that I'm not going to hell. Lord, I thank you so much. But it also puts a passion in your heart to share the gospel. Thank you, Lord. But Revelation 21 and verse 8. Now, you know, this is an interesting passage to me. When you read chapter 20, the Bible talks about Satan being loose. You know, it's always amazed me how after a thousand years, and then he's going to go to deceive the nations again, and there's going to be people that follow, follow him. And, the, and it talks about the the great white throne judgment. 
But then in, in chapter 21, he says this, verse seven, he that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. So what's he saying here? This is a list of the, the unsaved who will go to a lost eternity. Say, not me. <laughs> not me. You know, I like what the Bible says. Turn over to Luke chapter 16. I like what the Bible says when it says this. I think it's in Corinthians. It says, such were some of you. I like that word, were. Such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified. I tell you what, the devil has tried to remind me of my past and things I've done. You know what I would say? You know what, devil? I am washed. I am sanctified. I am justified, which means made righteous, made right. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care how bad he hates it. I'm washed, I'm sanctified, but I'm justified in the name of Jesus and by the Spirit of my God. But Luke chapter 16 tells us about a certain man. You know, when Jesus says there's a certain man, that means that this person actually existed in life. It's not just a parable or an allegory, but this actually happened. The rich man and Lazarus. Let's begin reading in verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Now, in the Old Testament, you didn't have heaven and hell like we have it today. It was in all the one, maybe one compartment called Abraham's bosom, which was in the center of the earth. And so, here he says he was carried into Abraham's bosom the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and sees, seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham says, son, remember that you in your lifetime received good things and Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And we see what happens is he goes on to say, send someone to my, my brethren, my five brothers. So one thing we can realize is that those in hell are concerned about people not coming there. Can you say amen? 
They, he, they're such a, a, a compelling, don't let those people come here. Don't let my brothers come here. And so here, they're, they're both in the center of the earth, but there's this, this gulf. There's this different compartment where we call Abraham's bosom. He said, you can't come over here and I can't come over there. But we see that in this place, it's a place of torment. Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom and he was comforted. The rich man went to hell and he lit up his eyes being in torments. So we know from the Bible there are those people like this rich man who are tormented in hell today because they did not acknowledge God in their lives. Now let me say this because people always think of these kind of things. Well, see there, you know, you, you can't have anything in life because he ended up in hell. The rich man was not in hell because he was rich. If that's so, what about Abraham? What about Isaac, who, who knew the same blessing his father did? How about Jacob? How about Joseph? All four generations right there. How about Solomon, the wisest and the richest man? See, just because you have wealth and riches... But what happened with this man, this rich man, he was not rich towards God. He had not surrendered to the Lord, to God's plan. And so that's what, that's what allowed him to be in this place of torment. Because he did not acknowledge God in his life. But also the Bible tells us about another kind of person. Over in the book of Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, this is what we call the parable of the virgins. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, let, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So we know that this is a parable. And the thing about a parable is it has one central truth. You know, a lot of people try to make a doctrine out of it, but the parable, one central truth is this. Those that were ready went in. Those that are ready to meet the Lord are going in. Ready to meet the Master. Now, what's interesting about this is the Bible says they were virgins. So they were pure, but they just weren't ready. 
So we know that there are people today, and it's a sad fact. There are people today that are in hell, even though they're wonderful people, were great people, but they just were not ready to meet the master. They never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Then the Bible also talks about those who live wickedly and left God out of their lives. But the Bible talks about another, and that's the fool. Everyone say, not me. I'm not going to be foolish. Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 20. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. So Jesus is talking about something that actually happened. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease and eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Notice once again, it's not just the person who has stuff, but it's the person who's not rich towards God. Amen. You know, poor people can go to, you know, just being poor doesn't make you go to heaven. On the, on the flip side, does it? Just like just being rich doesn't assure that you're going to go to hell. Being poor doesn't assure you're going to go to heaven. And so the Bible says the fool will be cast into hell. Psalm 14.1 says this, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. And God called the farmer in this parable a fool as well. And so this is actually the attitude we, we live in today. And so what are people doing? They're laying up treasures for themselves on the earth, essentially saying this, eat, drink, be merry. I'm just going to retire. Enjoy it. Just enjoy the pleasures of life today and don't ever think about tomorrow. But people live like that they think nothing about eternal things. Sure, we, we should enjoy life. Sure, we should enjoy the best. We should enjoy the blessing of heaven. But we realize that it's all from the king and for his plan. There is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. Jesus died. He paid the price. It's God's will that everyone accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and be saved. But we have a choice. And I'll, I'll just, um, I'm, I'm beginning my descent right now, beginning to think about closing. But, you know, there's a, if you ever get a hold of it, there's a little mini book that Kenneth E. Hagan wrote called I Went to Hell. And he tells the story that at 17 years old he was bedfast expected to die and he laid there he was there and um, he died three times 
And so what happened was, he said at 7.30, he always told us the story, and he would say where he was, 405 North College Street in the city of McKinney, Texas. And uh, he said as he was looking at the clock, it said 7.30. He said his heart stopped. He went down, 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 down into the darkness. He said he could see the lights of the earth above. He said when he got down there, there was a creature there. And he said years later, he, he finally saw it in the scripture where Isaiah says this, hell from beneath is moved to meet thee at thy coming. It stirs up the dead to meet thee. So that's what that creature was. It was ready to meet him there, to take him, escort him. He could see the gates of hell. You know, people talk about that now, you know, just in, a, in such a nonchalant way, especially as we get towards Halloween and different things. And so he gets there. He said he heard a voice, though. It, it spoke. He said, I don't know what it said because it wasn't in English, but the whole place just shook like a leaf. He said, I just felt like a irresistible pull pulling it back. He said, I came back. And he said he, he was back in his body. See, that's what our body is. It's like a glove. It's like you put your hand in a glove. That's how your body is. It's like a sword in a sheath. That's us in our body. So he did, the second time he, he went, he went down, down, down. The voice spoke. He said the third time, he was going and he could feel that. He told his, his, his granny, he said, Granny, to my, I'm going again and I won't be back this time. She said, Son, I didn't think you were coming back that time. So he said he went down, down, down. He said, Now as he's going down, he's thinking, This shouldn't be happening to me. So he cried out and said, God, he said, It, it would scare the fool out of you if, if I, this is what he said, if I said it like I, I did. In fact, between him praying and his mother praying, it stopped traffic for two blocks around the house. God, I belong to the church. I've been baptized in water. He said he heard nothing. God, I belong to the church. Well, we believe in belonging to the church, but you have to be born again to escape hell. I've been baptized in water. You know, I got baptized in water when I was in third grade, but I was still unsaved. I went to a quote-unquote confirmation class in the First Methodist Church, but I went in wet in a center, and I came out. I mean, I went in dry, and I came out wet, still a center. So baptism doesn't save you. So here, the third time he gets, he comes up, and he's praying, though. He says, he said, God, I call on you in the name of Jesus and ask you to save me, forgive me all my sins. He said he comes back into his body and his natural voice picks that prayer up. And he said as his testimony, he said they were shouting so loud that people all around came to check on him. He said he looked at the clock. It was 740. He said he died and went to hell three times and came back in 10 minutes. He said, I was never so glad. And he said, you know, even if I knew I was going to die, at least I knew I was saved. So he always would get on the street corner and say, hey, do you know how I would know there was a hell even if I didn't have a Bible and people would look at him? And he'd say, start giving his testimony. I was right over here. I died and went to hell three times and he would get people saved. But you know, he also tells a story. 
he had a, uh, his grandmother had a cousin, and her name was um, Lizzie or Lizzie. And so Aunt Lizzie, you didn't talk about God, you didn't talk about the things of God. She would just go into a rage and say, you know what? Every church needs to burn down. Every preacher needs to go to jail. And, you know, they're just in it for the money and just all this. She would rant and rave and just, you couldn't get her calmed down. There is no hell. Well, you know, when you die, you're dead just like a dog. This is what she would say. Well, she was, after Brother Hagin was in the ministry for a few years, he came back because that was actually where his wife was from too, there in Sherman, Texas. And um, so he's ministering there and they said, you know, it was urgent that you please come and see um, Aunt Lizzie. So they renewed acquaintance and stuff. And here this lady, she's, I think she was about 72 years old, which is still young. You know, don't need to die at 72 years old. But she's there. And her, she was, her eyes were set. She said, like glass marbles. But anyway, he said, Mama, Mama. Couldn't hear anything. Mama, Mama, get down. And she, she'd speak like, er, 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 er. what she was saying was, that's my baby. Er, er, baby. And, you know, she could understand what she was saying. You remember so-and-so, you remember Lily, don't you? And her son, pre her son Kenneth, who made a preacher, as soon as they said the word preacher, she sat up in bed. Said, Kenneth, Kenneth, I said there was no hell. Tell me there's no hell. Tell me that it's so dark, it's so dark, it's so dark. And, and she's crying. He said, I couldn't tell her there was no hell. And um, she exhausted all her strength, laid back on her pillow and never regained consciousness. And as he always said, that she died, somebody said it with such heart remorse that she died and went to hell. But she, she didn't have to. He said, I was going to tell her that there was a, a plan of salvation. I was going to tell her that she didn't have to, that she could receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So while we're here today in our lighted homes, in this lighted church on the earth, many today are in the darkness, misery, and torments of hell where they will live and dwell eternally in torment. You know, also there's people who live good lives, but they were not ready. Then there were those who valued earthly things more than spiritual things and failed to secure heaven as their eternal destiny by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm reminded also just one other thing. Our pastor tells a story. They were in the, one of the Great Awakening tours. And they were ministering, as they always did, um, went into a nursing home. And they went into this one room. And this older lady, you know, I'll just tell you, like, like he says, he said a lot of people in there, and you, if you've seen people, they're not in there resting because they're tired. They just don't have anything else to do a lot of times. And I know that's not the case with all, but with, with some people, you know, they don't have any family. And so the soul winner went in 
And this lady was curled up like in a fetal position. Lost. Lost. I'm lost. Her soul was crying out. <laughs> With the soul winner said, oh yeah. <laughs> Goes right in there and prays. The woman is born again. Accepts Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Soul winner goes down to ministers to three or four other rooms, comes back, and that woman had died and went to heaven. I mean, you talk about the, I mean, that's like the, the final stop to eternity. That's the bus stop to eternity right there. Amen. And you know, well, I'm not even going to get into that. But you know, there's people that, I mean, we, we, we did some of that years ago. And got kicked out. We'll edit that off the message. <clears throat> you know, what are you doing coming in here trying to proselyte people? I think it's called you know, making sure people are going to heaven. You and your religious gobbledygook. People are more concerned about their little religion and their they're saying their prayers, they're making sure people are actually born again. Amen. That's why <laughs> there is a heaven to gain, a hell to shine. We want to make sure that every person has an opportunity. Amen. That's why we have to be led by the Spirit. That soul winner was led by the Spirit. You know, every time that, you know, people, I mean, testimony after testimony, people give their life to the Lord and then, you know, my wife has shared this before. Many years ago in the city of Chicago, our pastor was given an altar call and he just felt the pull of heaven. He said, he knew that there was just other people that need to come in. And as he felt that tug from heaven, he said the preachers were getting, he could tell they were getting upset. There's a, there's a reason why it's called the reserve section because they're so reserved sometimes. You know, and you have to break through that section. It's the hardest one to break through sometimes, all the preachers. And so here he is, but he just felt the tug of heaven. And he said, no. He said, after 20 minutes, and they're just saying, come on, you know, hundreds of people up there, just give the altar call, just be done. So he, he saw, after a while, 20 minutes, an elderly gentleman coming from the side. He said, that from this side was a young man. He came from this side. And he said, in, the, in my spirit, I felt, okay, they've all come. Okay, let's give the altar call. He prayed with them. The next morning, they come to service. He said, do you remember those last two that you waited for yesterday? He said, yeah. He said, they both died. He thought, what, well, did they know each other? He said, no. The older gentleman died in his sleep last night. That young man died in a drive-by shooting at 4 a.m. this morning. So that's, that was what the pool of heaven was about. You know, he thought, boy, I'm sure glad. He said, I'm, I'm glad I didn't look at the preacher's faces. <laughs> so that's the thing. And, you know, every person, even if you've accepted Jesus, you know, there's people that have cooled off in their relationship sometimes. But we want to ask today, are you ready? See, by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you'll be part of the who's who of heaven. Amen. My name is written in the book. 
My name is written in there where we will dwell eternally with the Lord. Amen. That's, that's what Paul said. He says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Every head bow, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And Father, we just thank you that you're not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. Father, for every believer, Lord, let them grab a hold and get a revelation of what heaven and hell is all about. And Father, I just pray that it would be something on the inside of us we won't take for granted. That Lord, we won't look at people and just say, why are they like that? But realize that they're dominated by an outlaw spirit named Satan. But they can be born again. And thank you, Lord, that you've commissioned us to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, that he that believes and baptizes shall be saved. Lord, he that believes on you shall be saved. And Lord, it's not our responsibility to save anybody, but it's our responsibility just to share the good news.